Welcome to the Adventist Healthcare and You podcast. I'm Shanna. And I'm Nimit. How are you doing, Nimit? Good. It's, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Well, I'm really excited for today's topic. We have two very special guests, Dr. Carolyn O'Connor, who's a family medicine physician with comprehensive primary care and a past medical staff president at Shady Grove Medical Center. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. And Dr. Alvin Reeves, a palliative medicine physician, and he's also the medical director at Shady Grove Medical Center for our palliative medicine and supportive care teams. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this podcast today. Thank you. So we have a topic that isn't talked about enough, I think. And what we're talking about is advanced directives, advanced care planning. So it's not the most comfortable topic in the world, but it's all something I think we need to be comfortable with. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something people don't talk enough about it. I'm glad that we're increasing awareness around it. I'll share a little story. I was helping my grandfather through his final years. I was helping him with his medical appointments. He had a lot of this decided ahead of time, so it made things really easy for me at least. Dr. O'Connor, tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're here today. Well, I've been practicing family medicine for 36 years, and as I have worked so long in the field, you know, my patients and I have all aged up, and over the years, I've seen more and more how necessary it is to have conversations about these areas in advance of when trouble arises. So what I mean by that is I think that it is difficult, as you said, to talk about death and dying, and it can be challenging for patients and families. But actually, I think a good place to have that conversation is in the primary care office. Mm -hmm. When the stakes are low, it's maybe a preventive care visit, and we can introduce the topic and uh, delve into it. And as I've gotten more interested in advanced care planning, I've worked with the team at uh, Adventist Healthcare about National Healthcare Decisions Day. Dr. Reeves, you are a palliative medicine physician. Tell us what that is and how it relates to advanced care planning. Sure. Well, my career started back in 2001 uh, when I finished residency and uh, my primary uh, specialty is internal medicine. So Mm -hmm. I practiced initially in in internal medicine in rural South Carolina, um, both in private practice and as a hospitalist. And during the eight-year tenure that I was there, I discovered that we as physicians, the medical system, do not or at that time did not do a very good job at helping to talk about these very difficult conversations with families, um, with patients who are undergoing, you know, serious medical illness. And I decided to pursue a fellowship in in hospice and palliative medicine. Mm -hmm. So in 2010, um, I attended fellowship uh, at the National Institutes of Health and Capital Caring to become more expert in, in palliative medicine. So I've been practicing this particular subspecialty for the last, what is this, 13 years now. Mm-hmm. And it's a very valuable, but very often unappreciated, I think, uh, medical subspecialty that can have tremendous impact um, in reducing the stress of serious illness, both for patients and their families. Absolutely. And I think at at the end of the day, we want to do what's best for the patient and and agree to their wishes. And, you know, um, having those conversations beforehand is is always beneficial to respect, you know, what what they want towards the end. And it makes it easier, too, for the family members as well to make those decisions, as Shanna, you had mentioned earlier. 
So, you know, I think you have great experts here to discuss this topic. Can you just tell our listeners what is an, what is an advanced directive and what other terminology may people may know it as? Well, there are several terms in play. Advanced directive is one. You can have medical power of attorney. You can have a living will. You can have a MOLST form, which is a medical order for life-sustaining treatment. So it goes by several names. And the documents may not be interchangeable, but they are all useful. How can we begin to have this conversation with our loved ones or even begin to just have this conversation with ourselves? I think that that, that's a very good question because in my experience, I believe what often uh, hinders people from having the conversation, even medical professionals, is that we haven't uh, had that opportunity to be self reflective or having that degree of introspection, mm-hmm. right, in, in facing the inevitable, right, our, our own mortality. When I've given presentations in the past, I've, I've often suggested to people and their families, when, when, when you're gathered at the Thanksgiving table or when you're together for Christmas or whatever special holiday, that's the perfect time, right, to talk about what your wishes are for the future, right, in, in, in the event of your incapacity or, or another serious illness. So to take advantage of those family times when people are together so that everyone can be on the same page and hear the same, what your wishes are at the same time. Yeah. And I can, I can speak from experience when my grandparents would do this at family gatherings, I would say, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) They'd be like, well, but here's where everything is. And I, I would, okay. And even though I didn't want to talk about it, I knew as they got older, I knew where everything was and it gave me some peace and it gave them peace. So I can, even though it's uncomfortable and you don't want to talk about it, just say, okay, okay. And then, you know, (laughs) just move on. And then it's there when you need it. And you can imagine, you know, in the stress of an acute illness or, you know, an acute uh, medical situation, um, that might hinder, right? People may not be emotionally, ha- have the emotional uh, uh, sort of capacity mm-hmm. to be able to have these conversations. So um, just as Dr. O'Connor said, you know, when things are low stakes, right, or low key, trying to have that conversation earlier on when you're in the right frame of mind yeah. to think about something like that. And yeah. I think, Shannon, you mentioned that, you know, uh, uh, some of the family events may not be the right place for some individuals. Um, I think, you know, April 16th is National Healthcare Decision Day and a day just dedicated to talk about this. I know at the hospital setting or community centers, there's a lot of uh, awareness around this to talk about this more. So, you know, if people are comfortable to talk about it during that time frame as well. I know, Dr. Connell, you had mentioned um, coming to your regular visits and talking to your your, um, your provider but that um, it's been one of our themes in our, a mm-hmm. lot of our talks about, you know, make sure you get your yearly checkups and having those conversations and building relationships with them uh, to have these conversations is, is hugely valuable. That's right. First of all, I think talking about it, repeating it, bringing it up comfortably, calmly in different settings starts to normalize the conversation. And I think in America, we have sanitized death, you know, for so many decades, well, throughout history, people had passed at home. It was a familiar rite of passage of life. Mm -hmm. And now with hospitals, it's all seems so distant and people have become very uncomfortable. And I think we need to bring this back to being uh, understood. And and the more we talk about it, the better. Speaking of how to bring up the 
the discussion at home, there is the conversation project, which has tools for anyone to use on how to talk to their family and and have the discussion. And I always say this is when you fill out an advanced directive, it's a gift to your family mm-hmm. because they will know who is to make decisions if you're unable to make your own decisions and hopefully have also had the conversation. I always say to my patients, there's a document you want to designate a decision maker, but you also want to have a conversation about what are your values, what's important to you, because the possible clinical scenarios that we can find our patients in are literally infinite. So there's no document that's going to cover all the clinical particulars of what's going to happen to a given person. But if the family member or members understand what you what's important to you, then when presented with the facts by the healthcare team, I think they're better able to frame it up and abide by the wishes of the patient themselves. Mm-hmm. Dr. O'Connor, you bring up a very uh, great point about not being able to forecast, right, what our uh, medical situation might be in the future, right? We're, we're speculating what we want based on where we are right now in our lives and right now where we are in our health. But but the fact that we don't know what the future will hold, I think it is, it's imperative that each year, right, we review the advanced directive, right, as our health changes, as we age, right, um, as our family members may change, mm-hmm. right, the person that we uh, have may have named as our medical power of attorney or healthcare power of attorney may have passed. So that, you know, you bring up a great point that the directive needs to be addressed and reviewed every year to ensure that it is up to date and still um, congruent with what our uh, wishes, wishes are. are. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. My grandparents had decided a long time ago what they wanted, and and they kind of kept that up, and we kind of just didn't talk about it. But then later, and as it got closer and closer, it kept coming up more and more, and they were reviewing things. And so I I didn't even think about even just every year trying to just take a look at that and make sure everything's the way it's supposed to be. You know, I think another aspect of this that I see is so important is the the goal of autonomy. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes people don't want to talk about these things, but each person should have control over what happens to them. And by doing an advanced directive, you are possibly giving your family a tool where they will know what your wishes are, even in a serious illness in which you aren't able to make your own decisions you have still exercised your autonomy by preparing in advance. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's so critical about this is it can reduce the stress and anxiety of families. You know, if there are multiple family members and maybe people aren't seeing eye to eye on what should be done, if you've made your wishes clear ahead of time, you're reducing what could be a very stressful time for family and can kind of maybe make end of life more peaceful and not leaving a lot of lingering anger or resentment or guilt guilt among (laughs) family members. Exactly right. And I think you said it earlier, it's um, one of the best gifts you could give your family members. I think during end of life, I'm sure you have experienced this. There's just so many decisions to make and, and you're going through your own feelings while making those decisions and, and, you know, just living with those decisions towards it, whether you made it right or not. I think the advanced directive makes it smoothens the process out mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yeah. I've had patients in the past when I've brought up uh, 
the conversation about, well, you know, in the event that you're unable to make your own medical decisions for yourself, right, in the event of your incapacity, who would you want to make those decisions for you? And people have responded, oh, well, my children, they know what I want. And I would ask, well, have you spoken with your children about it? No, but they know what I want. And that places an undue burden um, and, and I hate to use that word burden, but it can be a burden in, in a stressful situation to have, to feel like you have someone's life, right, in your hands. So just as Dr. O'Connor said, the autonomy, right, being able to say and have it written down what your wishes are for yourself to be in control of that, right, is a treasure that, that's invaluable. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the information specifically that is in an advanced directory? Like what are some of the examples that, you know, people have? Um, decisions to make towards for themselves? Well, I would like to bring up that in Maryland, the Maryland Attorney General's office has a packet of information that people can use to create an advanced directive. And that document has questions that you can answer about different medical treatments, but you can also choose not to answer a particular one if you're really not sure. That document has to have the signature of two witnesses who are not people who are part of your estate. The other good resource is mydirectives.com, which you can do online. I have done it myself. Um, You designate your decision maker and your uh, secondary backup person. That is recognized by the state of Maryland, so another great tool. And in doing it, it, it does ask questions about intubation and ventilators and different kinds of sub questions that you may or may not have an idea. As Dr. Reeves said, this is something you may want to update with time as your health changes and as you get older. But some of it I I really did skip over, but I have tried to have those conversations with my husband and my kids about knowing me and what what do I care Mm -hmm. about and what brings meaning to my life because I always say, for example, if I couldn't recognize and communicate with my children and had no hope of recovering that ability, that would be my cutoff. And um, that is the value that I hold. But each person in each family has to look to themselves to see. And those resources are free of charge, right? So anybody can access those. And we'll, we'll put those resources in the show notes of today's episode so that those listening can access those resources. Are those places a good place to start then for people if they're just wanting to see those questions and see what all they would need to, you know, write down and designate? Absolutely. Um, You know, I, my my practice setting is inpatient, Mm -hmm. right, in in the hospital. I I don't practice in the community. Um, So uh, when I have these conversations with patients and families, it's in the setting of of an acute hospitalization and and, and stress. And sometimes, you know, we are able to uh, help patients to complete them. But more often than not, you know, it's the outpatient setting or home that that's a better area, Mm -hmm. right, um, to be able to complete them. And I think I like the fact that you could, you know, pick and choose the ones you're familiar with or once you know for sure what you want to do you know, what decisions you want to make and then having a yearly updates, you know, you know what, I, I do want to get ventilator support. I don't want to get ventilator support and having that ongoing conversation with your family. And I think more often you do it and look at it, uh, the more familiar you are with the, you know, with the form or with the different procedures and options um, and the clearer you are about what you want to do. And another, um, you know, point to consider 
is that in the presence of a disease, right, it's important to to think about or to have the discussion in the context of what's going on medically, right? Not just, you know, if your heart stops or if your lungs stop, if you stop breathing, would you want CPR or, or resuscitation? But having that conversation in the context, in the medical context of what the person mm-hmm. is experiencing will help up to, will help to have uh, a more meaningful conversation and completion of the directive. Absolutely. So... Not an easy topic today, but a really important one. And this information has been really helpful. Dr. O'Connor, you know, what is one of the most important things we want to leave our listeners with today? Well, I think that uh, advanced care planning, advanced directives are very important. And a conversation I have with my patients every year, especially at Medicare annual wellness visits. And I I think that the more we talk about this and by observing National Healthcare Decisions Day, I think we're going to make the public much more comfortable with this and uh, this will become a normal conversation to have and not one so fraught with anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Dr. Reeves? Sure. I'll say, um, give two closing remarks. Uh, number one, um, as important as advanced care planning is, as important as advanced directives are in establishing uh, what patients want, right, um, honoring their autonomy, I think it's also to consider the caveat that there are certain cultures that do not believe necessarily mm-hmm. in autonomy and, and want their family members or, or a community of people to make their decisions. So sometimes I have encountered my colleagues who have met resistance with having the conversation. Um, so I just want people to understand that there are cult- that that there's a cultural context in which, you know, an advanced directive may not be as important yeah. um, as uh, Western, you know, medical ethics. And and the other thing that I want to say is that people, you know, often feel that it's too early, or I don't need to have this conversation now. But there's a saying that it's it's never too early until it's too late. This was, like I said, not an easy topic and it's not an easy conversation for people to have, but it's a really important one and one that I think, as you say, is really going to, is a gift to your family to do. So um, if you haven't had the conversation with your grandparents or parents. Or with yourself. Or with yourself. (laughs) That's true. Yes, Nimit. Or with yourself to begin to think about it and broach it uh, whenever it's, it's possible. So thank you guys for coming on today. We really appreciate your time and, and all this great information. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. To find out more on this topic, please visit AdventistHealthCare.com and search for Advanced Care Planning. There's some information there. We'll also link to some of the wonderful resources that Dr. Reeves and Dr. O'Connor talked about today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you get all your new episodes. Thank you and be well. 